You are listening to the Independent Dealer Podcast with hosts Luke Godwin and Jeff Watson. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's do this. All right, Tracy, thank you so much for joining us today. Really, really appreciate your time. When we think about the dealer who is the rock, you know, kind of the, the emotionally grounded, optimistic dealer, you just instantly came to mind. And thank you for when we reached out to you, you responded quickly and you gave us your time. I know you've got a million things to do this morning, but we want to get your insight and your expertise on this. We really, really appreciate you being here. Yeah, it's always good to be here and uh, share what I've been through and what we're going through together as a dealer community, you know? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's very interesting. Now, I, I do want to push back on emotionally grounded. Um, and, and Tracy Myers is the same uh, in the same sentence there. But uh, Tracy, <laughs> Tracy, you know, this is so scary for so many dealers. I'm, and, and I use that word scary and I hope people aren't uh, aren't worried because I'm saying that. But it is scary. Um, let's compare what is happening today and in the past two weeks to what happened in 08. Now, what I see is there was a 08 kind of drug out on how it went south and maybe this went south so quick, we can learn some stuff from that. Uh, if you can talk about what happened in 08 compared to now and, and what your thoughts are. Uh, sure, because I was um, uh, right in the middle of 08 is where, where you and uh, we went through that time together. I think I just uh, maybe met you a couple of years before that. Right about that time, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, other than us just being in the Carolinas, I uh, had a connection with you because we were we were younger yep. -er dealers then. <laughs> younger. I was still yeah. young, but we were young, much younger then. Uh, my backstory, I had just bought the dealership for my father in 2006. Uh, we were setting records and setting the woods on fire, and I had 33 employees and uh, I had built us um, – I had not built my service department yet, uh, but nonetheless, we were we were cranking out about 125, 30 cars a month, predominantly subprime, um, and uh, man, life was great. And two years later, I remember calling my dad, <laughs> saying, "Man, what have I got myself into?" Because you know my house was on the line. Uh, I had a young son and daughter. Uh, my daughter was maybe 18 months old. Uh, we had only been in our new house like a, uh, maybe a year and a half. Um, and literally everything that I owned was, was, was on the line for the business because like I said, our tradition, our family was to buy the business uh, from the previous generation and, and, and not, you know, not give it over, which I, I totally agree with, but still I'm two years in, uh, thought I knew what I was doing. And then that happened. And we went from, um, we went from the typical special finance store where you, you got the paper hung and you had to have somebody knew what they were doing uh, to having the 700 credit scores coming in because they'd already been to the new car store and they were coming to our store because they couldn't get approved there because no one was loaning money. Yep. No one was loaning money. Mm -hmm. uh, and if they loaned, it wasn't enough to buy a car. So they were coming here. So uh, the, the, the long, the, the short version of the story is I sat down with my dad, who's still the best business person I know and best mentor uh, that, uh, that I could have ever had. I'm thankful for him. He said, look, one of two things can happen here. You can capture market share. Be smart about it, but you can capture market share 
or you can stick your head in the hole and wait for this to pass. And I think you stick your head in the hole, you're going to be out of business. And we took a huge risk, calculated risk, but still a huge <laughs> risk, and decided to actually increase our ad spend. Uh, we borrowed more money, and I say we because I, I was tapped out at that point. Once again, like I said, two years earlier, I had just bought the business. Uh, so we, uh, we actually borrowed money. Uh, that's when we went aggressively into buy here, pay here. Um, which that sounds crazy in and of itself thinking about it now because you, you don't have any cash flow, right? Yeah. If you're buying the buy your payer business, I mean, both of you guys know that, right? Yeah. However, um, we didn't know how long this was going to last. And every great dealer I know, they, they went out of business. Um, the ones that went out of business, they went out of business for a couple of reasons. Number one, they lost their full plan, right? Um, and, and, and it was working and they ran out of working capital. One of the two things. It wasn't because they weren't were bad dealers, right? Now I know some bad dealers that went out of business too, but I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about the, the really great dealers that I looked up to uh, mm -hmm. at that moment in time. So um, I went from 33 employees to three. Whew. I asked my dad how I should um, should I wait, and he said. I don't think you should wait because at this point we were right. If you remember, you had that little area where they were in the beginning where they said, we think this will bounce back kind of quick, yep. which, and I, look, I'm, I'm glass more than half full kind of guy. Right. Mm -hmm. But I hear government officials talking about, man, we think this will be over by Easter and back in business by Easter. And, you know, I kind of get flashbacks <laughs> and I remember that all, all the pundits were saying, not all, but a lot of the pundits at the time were saying, man, this is going to be really quick and this is not going to be a long recession and the economy is too good. This is going to bounce back. And I, I'm hearing all those same things over again. And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm still not that guy. But I remember them saying that. And I told my dad, man, I don't want to let these people go. I've had people that's been with us like 10, 15 years that were with him first that I rehired when I bought the store, just kept them on. Uh, he said, look, you know, you got a few things you can control and payroll's one, right? Personnel, you've gone from selling 130 cars to selling 25, 30 cars in less than 45 days. Yeah. Uh, which I think we're getting ready to see again, by the way, um, if, if not less than that. Um, and so I had, I said, I'm going to bring them one at a time to an office and let them go. He said, that's a bad move because what's going to end up happening Um is if you bring one in, by the time the second one and the third one, you bring them in, they know what's up, and then you've got mutiny out in the showroom. So I brought 33 people into a room, uh, and it was like American Idol. I say that jokingly now, uh, and I kissed and made up with all these people, man. It was the hardest, the hardest business decision I've ever made. And I said, okay, you, you, and you move to the left. <laughs> you no 30. Uh, what other option do you have at that point, right? I'm thinking about my home. I'm thinking about my my, uh, my savings that was all tied up. I'm thinking. Were these about people were they on salary or were they commissioned or was it what? Uh, well, combination. Combination of both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I said, and, and unfortunately, due to the circumstances, I really feel in my heart of hearts that this this short term recession in quotation marks is going to be a long term recession. Uh, I have no other option but to let all of you go. And, um, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a good day, but you know, two and a half years after that, we, we gradually 
you know, the banks open back up slowly. Uh, by that time, our buy here, pay here business had grown from zero to 30 a month. Uh, we added 30 retail back on top of that, then another 30 retail, then another 30. And what, Luke, Jeff, two and a half years later, maybe? Yeah. 30? Uh, two and a half, three years later, uh, you know, we, we had grown back to where we were uh, sustainable in, in retail with cash flow. Um, mm. So, you know, and, and what we're looking at now, and what I see now is, is a lot of similarities with a lot of people dismissing things. And I'm not doom and gloom, but I think we have to be realists here. Um, I think the word of the day is uh, unprecedented, right? Uh, you can't turn on the news or talk to you guys or talk to your family members. We've never seen anything like this before, uh, which means unprecedented. And, you know, we really haven't seen anything like this before because in the recession, I knew if I could cut expenses and keep my head above the water, if we work really hard, we could come out, right? Uh, as long as we could keep capital in the business. Now, I mean, that's the question. You know, what do we do? Will that matter? I mean, it will matter, but... I don't know if we work hard that I don't know how we come out on the other side. So let's talk, Tracy, let's talk two things real quick that, that I thought that I think we all need to be very concerned with. And that is, uh, having too many employees. Um, so I've cut, um, three employees so far. Um, and what I found was that they weren't essential. Um, you know, so, I guess, you know, we talk about essential business or essential employees, whatever you want to say, but how can we look at our staff right now and say, Hey, these, these people are essential. These people aren't essential. What roles do the non-essential people play? And, and does that, I mean, do we take up the slack? What do we do there? How do, how do we look at these? Yeah, well, it's a good question. And I, I absolutely think we have to pick up the slack. I don't know whether other options we have. I know back in, in, uh, you know, all those years ago during the recession, God knows I picked up the slack. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and look, I still don't mind picking up a broom. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, over, over the years, it's funny because right after the recession, man, we'll never do that again. We'll never get employee crazy again, heavy again. And, and, but yep. here we go again. Right. And I'm looking and said, okay, you know, this person is a convenience, but they're not a necessity. Mm. And, and we really, especially as small business owners, we really have to, you know, like the old Ben Franklin, draw a line down a sheet of paper and put, uh, you know, the necessary team members on the left. And, and I hate to say unnecessary, but maybe non, non income producing uh, yeah. employees, the convenient employees on, on the right of that and, and, and weigh those things out and take the emotion out of it as much as we possibly can. And it doesn't necessarily, I mean, if it were, if it, if it fits better, use the title, use the responsibilities, use the, the tasks. We're right. eliminating these tasks. Not that you're, you know, yeah. Not that we don't like you, the employee, but these tasks are no longer. That you know. that's, that's interesting. You talk about the, um, income producing employee compared to the non-income producing employee. And I think that's a good way to look at it as well. Um, you know, if, if technicians are staying busy, then, then they're, they're producing, right? Our right. salespeople are selling cars they're producing, but porters aren't necessarily, you know, yeah, it's nice to have porters, but you don't have to. Right. Um, and maybe you have too many uh, of one certain thing. And I guess that's, that is a good way to look at it. Um, if, if this thing drags on <laughs> and, and banks start pulling back and not financing, customers you've seen this before um 
what do you do when, when you can't get people bought? I mean, are, is there a way to get people bought when you can't, I mean, where are we I and mean, where, where could this go? So the old saying that the best time to patch the roof is before it starts raining. Uh, that, that's not a very optimistic statement or a very optimistic answer to your question. But I, you know, I think if at this point in time, you know, if you don't have good relationships with your lenders and you've never called your lenders and, and you know, and now you're calling your lenders, um, too late. yeah, you know, I'm not going to say it's too late, but man, it's, it's tough. It's really tough. It's kind of like the, the, the blind date. You're not quite feeling it. And a year later you say, yeah, you know, and you don't call, call her back. Right. And then a year later you say, yeah, you know what? I'm kind of lonely this week and I think I'll give her a call. You know how that's going to work out. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and, and I, I use that example for my salespeople all the time who, when business gets slow, they decide to go through their database of customers oh. and call their customers back. Right. Yeah. Oh, how's it going a year and a half later, even though right. I haven't contacted you up until this point, you want to buy a car? Well, no, not really. You know, uh, it's better than nothing, but, the outcome's probably going to be the same with the majority of them. Uh, so, but the, 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 look, the answer to the question, what do you do? Uh, you should have probably already called all your lenders. You probably should have called all your full plan companies. Uh, and we did that. I did that last Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, which was probably a little late. Um, but um, there's a lot and I started and got through. It took me a couple days to actually talk to people. And this week I've noticed that full plan reps, man, it's like, it's insane to get them on the phone. Mm. Uh, and, and I understand why, right? They're, yeah. they're being bombarded now and being hammered, but you know, it's crazy. Didn't we all see that coming? I mean, the, the full plan uh, cut yeah. back. So, I mean, I think sometimes we're in denial and we as a dealer body, I mean, I, you know, I put myself yeah. in there too, you know, we, we've got to be realistic with this. This is something that we haven't seen in 20, 25, 30 years from now. Well, you know, God willing and, and I'm fortunate enough to be there, you know, sitting down with my kids and other customers and maybe you guys doing a podcast or whatever the version of that is in, in 20 years from now. Remember back then and yeah, how'd you do that? And you know, all these guys waited till, you know, business as usual until they had shut down, you know, yeah. we, we need to take action today because we've truly never seen anything like this. The recession is one thing because we've been through recessions before, right? Uh, as, as a country, we've been through recessions. We've yeah. never been anything uh, through anything like this. So nobody knows anything. Really. I yeah. want to, I want to touch on something you, you brought up about, um, about the full plan companies and, and hard to get people on the phone. I, I want dealers to remember one thing. These, these vendors you use, they're businesses as well. And when you get really, you know, mad at your vendor for pulling back, well, they're doing what you're doing. Right. They're trying to save their butt too. So make sure you keep that in mind when you start trashing some of these vendors because they've got their survivor as well. And if that means cutting your floor plan, that's what they're going to have to do. So just keep that in the back of your mind, dealers. Well, and I think a good way to, and that's a good point. I think a good way to relate that for all of us, I know, especially for me and other dealers that I've consulted over the years is that, uh, we all have customers that come in with, with problems after the sale, right? Because something happened to the car, which customer are we more apt to help? The, customer, <laughs> the good attitude and making their payments, right? Or the ones yeah. that get up in, in your face and demand, and you're going to fix this. And Oh, by the way, you're 90 days late already. And I've been looking for your car. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it, let's be kind to them because those reps, it hit, it hit all these reps hard as well. Uh, a lot of them are 
you know, they're answering your call, but they're being hesitant about it because they know they're going to get, they're getting hammered by a majority. Mm. You be the exception to the rule. And as, as excited as you, there's a difference between excited and angry. And sometimes yeah. I have to, I have to remind my employees, don't mistake me being excited and passionate for, for anger because you'll know the difference between the two, right? <laughs> <laughs> they are drastically different. Yeah. So I wanted to ask both of you, I mean, it's really the differences in the contrast between today and 2008, right? I mean, really the main issue is, you know, the ride to the bottom, which is the two, three, four weeks a month of when it's kind of the shocking on, everyone's maybe a little scared and we all don't know what to do and consumer confidence. That's really it, right? You don't have the buyers coming on your lot because they want to hold on to their cash. They don't want to sign up for new debt. So that's one thing. You've got kind of that buyer supply side, but then you've also got the lender side of it. And in 2008, you lost your lenders, right? Because the banks collapsed. The government didn't step in quick enough. The guys lending the money to the guys that were lending the money didn't have the ability to do the loans. So is there going to be a difference this time around if the banks stay open and stay aggressive and have cheap money to put out there. We just need to wait for that consumer confidence to kind of bottom out, hopefully bounce. And, and, and would that create a slower or I mean a quicker turnaround? You know what I'm saying? I guess that's what I'm trying to, in, in my brain, do you guys feel that's the difference between these two? Whereas that one was a bank crisis that we lost our lending. This is more of a, Human crisis. I, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. And I was just talking to my dad about that last night because um, during the recession, our the number of customers coming to the dealership by car never decreased, right? Which was the most frustrating thing for us. Um, and for once in in my career, I had to actually pull back on my marketing message and turn it into a branding message. And that's another podcast for another day. Yeah. Um, but you know, I believe the two should be the same, right? But I had to stop the call to action messages because they were working. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I couldn't get anybody financed, right? And this right. is before I made that really quick switch to buy here, pay here, and uh, accidentally I didn't. I mean, I knew I wanted to get into it, but didn't necessarily know exactly how it worked. But I knew I wanted to keep selling cars because this is you know this is what I do, um, and, and I'm the first to. Uh, tell dealers who, uh, especially in the dealer forums, I'm thinking about trying buy here, pay here. I'm like, no, you don't try buy here, pay here. You don't stick your toe into buy here, pay here. You have a plan, you do it. Well, you know, I really, against better judgment, I'm the one that <laughs> stuck my toe in the water and said, you know, I'm going to sell all these cars. I'm like, oh my God, you know, I'm, I'm selling myself out of business because <laughs> I'm out of money, right? Um, but I'm a, I'm a quick learner. And I figured it out, and and uh, we've we've got standalone buy here payer stores now. Which uh, I asked Luke the other day, uh, you know, about business. He said, "Well, you know, look, if we shut down, you know, there's there's X amount of you know my, my cash flow is not going to completely stop, uh, and and mine's not either at those locations. And even if we do shut down to a degree, you know, we'll still see some cash flow. But I totally mm -hmm. agree with you. I think that um, uh, I think the banks the banks are in good shape." Uh, from what we all know, I mean, unless there's some hidden information that we don't know, uh, even if there's a 
um, an economic turndown um, due to unemployment, et cetera, et cetera, which all indicators say there will be, right? Um, and supply and demand, uh, which is inventory conversation we can have uh, too, that, that's gonna be thrown way out of whack. But I don't think that the lenders are gonna be uh, affected by this uh, or pull back other than you know on the collection side. Uh, their repos are gonna go up uh, just like uh, buy here, pay here stores repos are going to go up or uh, our collections are going to be sideways. You know, the 20 group meetings aren't going to be good for a while because you're, <laughs> you know, you're, you, you, those collections numbers, we're going to keep them in the street and work with them. Right. Or, yeah. or, or we're going to start popping the cars just depending on what your model is. And that's not yeah. for me to judge. It's just, it's a fact. Uh, and banks are going to be dealing with the same thing. But man, I think if we get through this, uh, I even think, you know, four to six weeks, maybe even two months. I think the banks, the money's there and they're going to want a loan. My bankers are calling me right now on with, um, uh, and telling me if I want to borrow money to buy real estate right now, which I don't, <laughs> uh, because I, you know, I have investment properties as well. They're like, look, we can give you the best deal that you've ever received because they've got money to loan. Yep. And nobody's calling cheap money to loan, and nobody's calling. Well, I think on the on the automotive side, it's going to be exactly the same. The only the only concern, the only pushback I would have with that is that if if all these jobs are um, contracted, like which may happen, is that the banks may be willing to loan it, but the customers may not have the job history or this, that, and other to do it. So maybe or maybe not the same job they had. So that would be my only concern with the bounce back is that it might be slower on our side if customers mm -hmm. didn't have jobs and they're trying to dig their way out. I, I wonder what's going to happen to credit ratings after all this, but you know, who knows, who knows? Well, Hopefully, um, this is times like these. It's like right after the great recession, I read a, a great article, I pulled it up, see if it, um, we, it mattered the conversation. I think this is a good time, but during the depression, um, Ford had been number one. They had outsold Chevrolet 10 to one during the twenties. And right after the great depression, Chevrolet passed Ford, uh, for the first time in, in sales because they made a, a, a quick change. Uh, I think that, and that relates directly to, uh, the credit ratings. You know, there's been conversation for what, 15 years on changing credit ratings and, and credit reports and now more than ever because of fraud. Well, I think this is the one thing that could possibly trigger the, the action. The reason nobody's done anything on that in the past, in my opinion, and talking to people in government is it's just too, too big of an undertaking and consumers generally just don't give a flip, right? Because it doesn't make them any more money uh, in their minds anyway. Yeah. Uh, they still borrow money and money's readily has been readily available. I think this is the one thing that will create the outcry from the public that will, that could cause this to change credit ratings. But you know, you look in major legislation like that with three to five, six years. So that's longer term stuff. Uh, but, but I, I agree with that. Uh, the job market is going to change dramatically. Um, but I also think, um, things will open up in the job market that's never been there before. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Go ahead, the Jeff. wild card in all this is is the the manipulation that governments and business entities are willing to do in the name of this is an anomaly, right? Or this is a unique situation. So when the government throws X trillion dollars into the market and all of our customers are gonna have three thousand dollars in their pocket within 
four weeks or whatever the time frame is to get this stimulus out, it's a second tax season. You know what I'm saying? Um, if credit bureaus are willing to say, hey, we're actually not going to let any derogatory marks hit between April and August. We're going to just completely wipe that out of the history books because of this situation. You know what I'm saying? So that's what we don't know is how many wild cards are out there government or business entities are willing to cook the books under Correct. the guise that it's it's okay. Yeah, if, if you look at areas that were ravaged by Katrina, for example, uh, and I'm sure you guys have probably seen this, but you'll see on credit reports where the car was involved in natural disaster uh, with, with some lenders and, and after it was involved, uh, they, the customer actually kept the car, but they they nothing was reported to the credit bureau. It just shows there's a balance, and the customer doesn't have to make payments because it was involved. That's that's one of those variables, right? Yeah. Uh, we've had customers want to trade the car, and had a seven thousand. It's showing a seven thousand dollar payoff, and it was never paid off. And the customer doesn't have the title, but it didn't affect the credit bureau. Yeah. It's a strange situation, and I don't know what that legislation was or what got what emergency funding measures got approved by the government, but something happened. And uh, there's a couple of lenders in particular that, that um, uh, uh, like CAC, for example, CAC did that with, with majority. It seemed like that's who I see it with all the time. So they must have made a blanket-wide uh, deal with all their customers. If you are in one of those areas, here's your make good. Now, I don't know how they own that car. I don't know if they have to take it off. I don't know if they drive it until it, it, you know, it breaks. Yeah. They'll never own that car unless they pay it off. But you know, they're not making payments and it's not affecting their credit. But so, who, yeah, and who knows, they probably got some disaster relief funds correct. and that was part of the gig. Hey, yeah. we're gonna make you whole on all these cars, but you cannot yeah. pursue deficiency balances. Right. So the wild yeah. card. And, and correct, and we don't know what that's gonna be coming out of this, but and I, I think there's gonna be some, some, some huge wild cards coming out of this. Uh, that uh, some that we're already aware of, like the stimulus checks, mm -hmm. they're talking about if it doesn't pass quickly, there'll be more stimulus checks. Um, we've are we're already seeing businesses being created that weren't there before, um, and I think that will continue because you know this is a great country and we're smart and we're entrepreneurial and no one's better than than in automotive. And I think this will force us to get out of our comfort zones. And the, the good and great dealers will, will become amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, and the ones that said that like in 08, that this will just pass and go away. I don't think they'll be here. That's so, so interesting. You say that I, I told my staff, I said, we're going to do things now. We're going to learn how to do things now that we did. We thought we didn't know how to do and that we didn't need, but now we know how to do it. And it's going to make us better. And we've got to remember that every time we do something, the, these struggles are going to make us better. It's going to make us better as a country. It's going to make us better as, a, as an industry because 08 did it. It's going to do it this time. So just keep that in the back of your mind, um, all dealers. Um, so Tracy, I guess, uh, what is the one thing that a dealer should do today to weather this storm? So I'll tell you a couple of things that, that I'm doing and, and I guess things that are working successfully for me already. Um, we had already implemented our uh, delivery service, uh, come to you service. Uh, we changed the name of it three or four times, of course, uh, but everything that I came up with outside of the concierge service, is, which is what we've called it for two years now. 
sounded like it was self-serving for the coronavirus thing, right? Um, so we just kept the name what it is. But uh, we've actually uh, sold six cars in the past week using that. And we haven't sold six cars using that in the last year. That's great. Um, so, you know, you can go to my website and type or my Facebook page and copy everything I got. I mean, look, there's nothing new. It's just all repurposed, right? Um, and and that, look, I've got the staff here to do it. Right. And since business has slowed, um, being productive and selling cars is what we do. I'm not even talking about the service side, right? I'm just selling cars. If we have to shut service down, we have to sell cars, period. Uh, if it's just me here, I have to sell cars one way or the other. Uh, but the, um, uh, we're doing the concierge deal. So, uh, and look, um, Carvana's doing that and say the bad C word, Carvana, right? Uh, and they're lo losing billions uh, doing it, but there's no reason we can't adapt that. And that's why I said a couple of years ago and, and we're doing that. So, uh, you know, we'll send extra pictures, we'll send extra videos, we'll do FaceTime or whatever, you know, platform you want to use to, to show you the car. Uh, we've already got our money back guarantee in place, which is Carvana's big thing. I can't do seven days. Uh, you know, I don't know. That cash flow is pretty strong right there, right? But, you know, we still do, uh, we'll still do uh, money back guarantee, uh, two business days. Um, but look, I've been doing that since 06, by the way, the money back guarantee. Mm -hmm. I may uh, have seen two dozen customers come back and out of the two dozen, we reclosed, uh, you know, 18 of those on another yeah. car because it's usually payment uh, or my neighbor's got one just like it. And I didn't realize it. it's, it's something yeah. funky, right? Or I turn yeah. my air conditioner on, there's a funny smell coming out of the vents and it makes my wife's head hurt. It's always something yeah. small, right? And the six, seven, eight cars that actually came back, they probably would have failed their bank interview anyway. Uh, <laughs> and, and then you can say, you know, you've got no recourse like most used car dealers, right? It says right here, no recourse. And then you're going to tick them off and get a bad Google review and you never, never sell that customer or anybody that knows another car. Um, so that's one thing. And it's, it's pretty easy to do, um, even though it sounds like, I don't know, I hear dealers talk about that. And look, I'm in the subprime business, right? I'm not selling Mercedes and put it up on their, I don't have that nice little car carry that Carvana's got, right? With the <laughs> office inside and built-in Wi-Fi. I don't have any of that. Um, but we can emulate all that stuff without that expense and probably yeah. do a more personable job than, than Carvana. Absolutely. That's not a knock on Carvana. That's just, you know, that's, that's how good we are as, as an independent dealer. Um, the other thing that I'm doing is I'm, I'm following lead of 2008 uh, and, and I'm increasing our, our uh, awareness uh, through marketing. Uh, I bought television advertising um, yesterday, uh, 75, cents per 30 second commercial. Wow. Which, you know, you know, the first, one of the first things that businesses do when times get tough is they, they start canceling all their advertising. Right. I did uh, that. And, uh Oh, you know, <laughs> exactly. Luke, we had this conversation. I get it. Uh, but you know, if you're going to be the exception to the rule, if there's no dealer on television or radio or whatever your form is, right? Look, man, if, if you're in a state where everything's shut down, right, they're Netflix to death, or if you're like my family, Netflix is on and you're sitting there with your phone, right, <laughs> and you're Facebooking it, right, just scrolling while, the, while Tiger King's playing, right? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, no, that's amazing, brother. Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, 
<laughs> that's that's the recommendation for the weekend, Tiger. Oh gosh. Yeah, no, it's it's out there, bro. Um, but Facebook marketing is dirt cheap. Yeah. And there's more eyes on it than ever. I saw a study uh, last Friday or Saturday where tel- uh, television news consumption two weeks uh, a week ago Thursday until last Thursday was up ninety percent. Wow. I believe it. Um, so, and, and I'm buying news programming, which I, I usually don't buy. Typically, not my demographic. That's watching watching news programming. So right now it is. And I'm right there. Now, what's the message? You gotta be careful with your message, um, or, or or not. I mean, you know, it depends on what your your market is. I think for most dealers, you probably need to be careful with your message. Um, yeah. We do a lot of text marketing, and uh, our first few messages were. Hey, we're here for you. We do this better together. Uh, we're cleaning, disinfecting. We're here if you need us. And then I started leaning. Okay, I'm, I'm enough of those. They know we're here. They know we're clean. So let's start throwing some sales messages out there. I've got some pretty nasty replies. Mm. Um, you know, at which look, I, I'm kind of used to that too. Yeah. Because <laughs> the aggressive marketing I do. Yeah. However, this was a little different because people are losing their jobs. Uh, people are scared. People are, you know, um, man. It's just and they, boom, boom, they know? think you're not socially responsible because your doors are open. No, no, no. I, I actually haven't got that once. Okay. Uh, I, I'm getting. I can't believe you're you're um, you're trying to sell us something. While all this is going on. You guys are, you know, uh, we're losing our jobs. That type deal, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we're, we're trying not to lose our job. Right? Yeah. That's, and there's a lot of industries that are doing very well and very stable. Yeah. So you know? I'm just saying, if you're going to do that, you're going to be uh, aggressive with your marketing and their sales messages. I liked yours a lot, by the way, Jeff. That was really well done. I'm like, God, man, I wish I thought that. And what are we doing? But look, it's a good time to get creative with your marketing messages um, because you can buy it really cheap. But uh, mm-hmm. so I guess. You know, don't pull back on your marketing messages. Make that same list you did for your team members, right? And say what's necessary, what's not necessary, which we should be doing that all the time anyway. What's the ROI producing marketing? But once again, and right after 08, we said, we'll never let that happen again. And look at your marketing now, like, oh my God, I'm still spending money with those guys. Yep. Which is funny that this whole thing with the third party advertisers went down two months ago. Correct. And this right, just right, right. drove it home even harder, guys. Yes. Like, what are you doing? You're throwing right. money down the tube because you're not tracking, and this hits home. This is why you shouldn't have been doing that for the last five years. All right, but I think it sells me one car a month, so it pays for itself. <laughs> Man, I guess that drives me crazy. Yeah, so, look, I, think the, I think those are the two two big things right now. Taking action uh, on top of the things we probably should have already done, which is call your vendors, uh, including your marketing partners, your full mm-hmm. companies, your finance companies, and sit down with your key personnel, whether that's your wife, your husband, uh, business partner, if you have one, or like my general uh, sales manager has been here 11 years, right? He was there. He was like the first person I hired. Um, and we went into the recession together and came out of it together. And, you know, he put his arm around me last week and he said, uh, uh, he said, boss, I said, we've been through this before. And I said, man, th- you know, I, I really appreciated that reminder, you know, yeah. uh, and trust me, I know I've been there before, but how quickly we forget uh, yeah. things like that. it's uh, scary actually how quickly we forget that and the sacrifices we made 
as uh, as you know, speaking for myself, as, a, as the sacrifice I made as a husband, as a father, as a business owner. I mean, I went from sixty hours a week at the dealership to you know seventy plus back then, right? Um, and uh, it, it it was challenging, canceling yeah. the vacations, and you know, I was like, oh man, are we here again. I'm a lot older now than I was back then, but you know, this <laughs> may may not be as easy, but. You look, we'll, we'll get through this. We are the most resilient entrepreneur in America, and I truly believe that, uh, and creative uh, as well. But the good independent dealers are. Um, and we can we, we don't jump in and jump out. The, the good ones don't jump in jump out when the economy goes bad, when stuff like this happens. Uh, we stay in, we figure out ways, we change, we adapt, uh, and we move forward. And we come out on the, the other side better than we were before. We always have. And I think uh, there'll be no difference this time. I agree. And I, uh, Jeff, you got anything else? I think that's a great uh, place. Tracy, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Hey, y'all stay safe. And if you need anything, um, I mean, on a personal level, you know, need anything, just just hit me up, man. I'm, I mean, I care about you guys. You do a great job with the podcast. But just as people, you're good people. And you represent our industry well. Uh, thank and you. I appreciate Tracy. you both. Same, same here, buddy. Yeah. Thank you, guys. See ya. Thank you for joining us today. Hope this episode inspired you to take positive action. Remember to subscribe so you get each episode the day it comes out. And we would love your help spreading the word. Leave us a review and share this podcast with your dealer friends. Dealers helping dealers learn and grow together.